Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carbett, your host, and with me is Mr. Matt Germain. And you know him from his past experiences, and that's what you have when you're on Baseball Biz here with us. And we're glad to have him here. He's a great analyst with baseball overall, and certainly even a deeper dive with everything that goes on with the race. Well, Matt, it's postseason. Everything's cooking, and I don't know what to think, brother. I, I, the world's been turned upside down on me. Yeah, no, you're not alone. I think everybody's freaking out about the format now that a lot of big teams have been ousted. Um, I don't think they need to panic on anything, but uh, you know it's probably going to get tweaked because of the results they're getting. It almost has to. Um, I found it amusing. I looked the other day at Fox Sports, something from about a week ago, and who they had as far as which 12 teams would still be there at some point. And amazingly enough, the last three were the ones who were still there with eight teams still left in the postseason at that point. And I thought, okay, you you put the uh, you put the bottom, you put the top three at the bottom. I said, okay, and vice versa. So I was curious. But mm. you know, right now, here we are. We we've got we should have four teams that are ready to go to the finals in the postseason. They're going into the conference series. But as of this moment, and here we are Tuesday evening at about seven o'clock. <laughs> um, the, the Yankees are playing Cleveland going through two other rain dates that they couldn't make. And the American league division series starts tomorrow in Houston. Yep. I think uh, Houston's going to be laughing in this one because the, not only was it hard for the Yankees to get out of Cleveland, apparently, but it was also, you know, the delayed, the, this, the, that, uh, you know, they're going to have a little bit of a party if they win today. Uh, so getting over to Houston, Houston's fresh. They've got a much deeper staff to begin with. So it's going to be tough on those Yankee hitters compared to what it's going to be for the for the pitchers. Anyway, the pitchers are are pretty much set, I think, in, in the rotation for the Yankees. If they well, when they move on, I think it's going into the ninth now. It's one of those series I definitely will not be watching. <laughs> to be quite honest, I I I just get sick to my stomach every time I see both those franchises. So I couldn't care less who comes out on the American League side. Um, I will be watching diligently on the National League side, two teams that I think have earned their way there and uh, and have done it in really opposite manners, but very aggressive in both styles. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that, too. I. I tell my brother today, I have no league loyalty. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah. get it, brother. There's there's nobody there. If if Cleveland got it, then I would be excited. I would be interested in that. Mm. But if it's Yankees and Astros, no, no. I mean, I, I, both those leave a bad taste in my mouth. And and someone just sent me a text here a moment ago. Um, <laughs> I must be shot from the game. It said New York Yankees, fifty four to zero in home postseason games. When leading by four plus runs. Huh. Wow. I, That's a good stat. I like it. <laughs> it'd, it'd be nice if it were if they held it up to 55 games. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out though to like, even though I won't be watching this series, I, I there are players on both teams that I do respect and I do think, you know, uh bring their fan bases in. Like Nestor Cortez is a good example from tonight. He's one of those players that I have a lot of respect for. I think he goes out there. He does it the right way. He doesn't seem like he has that cocky style attitude like some of the other ones do. Um, and I think that uh, that that helps. That softens the franchise overall. So 
it, it makes them a tiny little bit more likable, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And, and the new guy, who is is it Oswaldo? Um, yep, Cabrera. Uh, he's yeah. still new, so I, I don't hate him yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm you'll just... get there, buddy. You'll get there. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm telling you. And, you know, it is interesting. I was listening to the game on the radio, and I heard, hmm, Aaron Hicks is having trouble still out there, man. He can't coordinate anything when it comes to balls coming out that part of the field. What's going on? It's like he's lost control of all his limbs. Every time that he gets out there, he something happens. He twists. He turns. He this. He that. I, I don't know. Like At some point. Um, he's going to have to decide whether or not he wants to keep playing because if he keeps going this way, he's not going to be able to walk when he retires. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He yeah. and Gartner ought to find a place to settle down together because it's, it's mm-hmm. just getting to be too difficult for him. And man, I mean, it, what was it? It was a young guy again, Cabrera and Donaldson almost. There's almost a three man pileup out there for the ball. But yeah, uh, it, it gave a hint to Cleveland to think, oh my gosh, we got something. We got a man on base. But, you know, and, and it's, it's sad. I mean, you certainly don't want to see anybody injured to get somebody on base, but it, it it goes to the coordination of what's going on with the team out there. I mean, Matt, you and I have talked about this before about you can, you know, you can call the ball. You and I, or we go out to watch our kids in the little league. Hey, somebody calls the ball. You hear it clear across the park. Yeah. <sighs> Exciting game like this with over 40,000, probably 48,000 people in that stadium. Who's yeah. going to hear that? You got, you have to use your peripheral vision a little bit. Like, yeah. There was a play in the rate. Was it the Rays series where somebody was running? Yeah, it was the Randy Rosarena uh, play, I think. And and nobody was taking their eyes off. Nobody was, you know, looking to see what was happening in front of them. And I was just like, why? Why does that happen? Like, you've got to just take that peek to because it's your body. You're the one that's going to yep. have to survive. And like you said, if you're not hearing anything and they're aggressive. I think Bo Bichette was another one with George Springer, where Springer wasn't even yelling at all. Like they had the video was looking. I was like, no, he's not yelling for it. Bo wasn't yelling for it. So I was like, yeah, that's just, I don't know. Taking that little peek, especially somebody as fragile as George is nowadays and his age, yeah. you know, take yeah. that second, you know, then find the ball again because it could save your career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, could, those could be career enders. I mean, today they put they had to take Hicks off the field. I don't. He walked out. Said I had radio, so I couldn't see. But it sounded like it took quite a while. And and all that while that's going on too, I'm thinking about how difficult that can be for a pitcher. You know, Nestor Cortez is up there uh, pitching, mm-hmm. and he has to sit and wait for two or three minutes for all that to, to resolve. And he any pitcher who's worth their salt, you know, they get into a zone. You know, they they've got to focus and. Those kind of eruptions can can really change things for you. But uh, Nesser, he seemed to be just doing just fine out there with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, on the well, I, I say career enders because when I think of Bo Bichette, when he started out in in the league, he had some concussion issues. So you take one of those concussions, and all of a sudden you're in Justin Morneau territory where things start going downhill really fast and. There isn't much you can do in a game like baseball when it comes to concussions. Yeah. Once they're a serious issue, because this the violent swinging and all the stuff that you do on the bases and whatnot, it doesn't make any sense to keep playing. So uh, I don't know. It they're like all year long, I think, because of the rays and the way that they've run the bases and done a lot of the small things, the fundamentals of the game seem to be getting lost a lot of the time. 
Uh, I don't know how you fix these things because like you said, noise is noise. So it's convincing the guys that it's worthwhile to peek <laughs> and that you can find the ball again. Uh, <laughs> it's not always that you know easy to sell them on it, I guess. Well, you know, we got to treat them like the MLB, the show. We got to have them all hooked up where we can change things. You know, each one has their own pitch coming in their ear. They're, they can hear from somebody from the dugout. Say, Get, move, move. You know, look out. He's coming. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's going to, it's, it's, a, it's dangerous. It's a crazy game. I love it. Um, it still amazes me. I will, I don't want, want to digress too much, but I was, I was watching something on uh, Nolan Ryan the other day and I think, Man, that guy, he he, he hit you. <laughs> he oh, hit yeah. you. And you talk For about sure. injuries. I think, good mm-hmm. Lord. Anytime anybody went up to bat with that man, I mean, they were, they were in fear of their life. And yep. he never got the kind of uh, guff that, say, somebody like Aroldis Chapman has. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. two different eras and two different things that are acceptable. You know, and, and I'm not holding up Aroldis Chapman as any kind of hero. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that. The the fire is a lot hot, hotter these days for pitchers who who will attempt to have that kind of play where they're they're throwing in and can be dangerous and have concussions for for players. It's it's a dangerous thing. It is. All right, let's pull back here a bit and say what is happening with who's left Phillies and Padres. You said that's one you're going to watch, and I think I'm going to be watching that as well. What are you mm-hmm. looking for there? What do you think? Well, I'm wondering if this is the series where the D starts to catch up to the Phillies because, yes, they've improved in some areas defensively um, because of the of changes they've made at shortstop, third base, and in, in center field in particular. But um, I, I think you, you start getting into these series where the, the margin of error is very tight. And you're starting to, you know, micromanage every single aspect of the game. And then everything shows up a little bit brighter. So I'm wondering if this is the time when it shows up and, and how, <laughs> how much weight has Juan Soto taken off of the, the Padres front office in, in these, like he's finally gotten them over that hump of getting over the, the Dodgers, which is just like, they, they don't really need to do anything from this point on and they've already succeeded at slaying that devil right so (laughs) for them i think they're going to have less pressure because of that whereas for the phillies yes bryce harper's happy to be in the next round mike trout's at home he's playing in the playoffs with his supposed team right from his hometown so (laughs) he's having fun with them and so he's loosey-goosey that way but i don't (laughs) think bryce is going to be satisfied until he has a, a ring on his finger so, and the same thing goes with, with a lot of the, the other Phillies. They're happy to be there because if you would have asked anybody in the NL East, you know, Braves, Mets, Phillies, which one's going to be last, you know, to standing, the very few, if any, would have picked the Phillies to be there. I uh, know uh, I would. I mean, oh, you got Bryce Harper. That's what I thought at the beginning of the year. That's nice. What else you got going for you? I mean, when you're looking at the Mets and you're, you know, and you're looking at the Braves and, I, you know, hope beyond hope. I was looking for the Braves to move forward because simply because my ties with, with the Rays and looking and saying, okay, Darno and Charlie Morton, I want to see you guys succeed. If we're not going to be there, I want to see you guys succeed. So it was sad to see them, you know, not continue on, but it was great to see the Mets not make it either. <laughs> There's two on every team left though. So, so on the Phillies, you have Alvarado and you've got Bellotti, which were both Rays. And then on the Padres, you've got Cronenworth and Snell. So either and, way, you were you were golden with two on each. Um, 
It's true. Think, Will Myers, wouldn't he? With his uh, back Will Myers, too. Yeah, he's got three on the Padres, right? Yeah. So, so there's quite a few. I mean, the only way it could have been better is if the Brewers had made it in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we always got somebody to refart along. Like I said, longer with this game, you're going to find somebody that you like somewhere. Yeah. But, but it's going to be crazy. I'm excited about it. Uh, it was sad. It was sad seeing the season come to an end. And I did go out to watch Shane and Shane face one another. Uh, they yeah. had a nice big old park out there in projection screen. It was kind of a watch party that the Rays put together down by the water. And dang, come on, man. You know, that's <laughs> – uh, it was good to see both those guys pitch as well as they did. And mm. the, both of the games that we lost, they were not – I felt like the, the team still did a good job all in all, but daggone it, man, Matt, when I look at the offense and I would see some things, Yandy, Yandy, one time I saw him running at first, but he wasn't running at first, man. He was, he was like trotting there. And it was like, if I, I felt like these guys on offense had just given up. Yeah. There was a lot that, that was frustrating. First of all, the guys didn't seem to be pulling for each other the way they normally did. Uh, there was a lack of grit, a serious lack of grit. And and I, I attributed that in, in one of my tweets. Like I was I was saying when they traded Joey Wendell and then they lost KK and they lost Zanino and they lost all the they lost the grit of the team. And Mike Brasso was another one. Like those kind of guys that play every game with a high intensity. There was no intensity in any raised player during both of those games at yeah. the plate. If there was intensity, it was nervous energy. And they came across that way where they were holding their bat so tight because they wanted to hit a home run every time that they didn't really have the time to process everything. And, and I still believe the Randy Yandy thing is real. There's something wrong there. And oddly enough, both of them were part of the 12 worst base runners in the league this year. And to me, that is what killed the season when it came to momentum. It got people frustrated all the time and they, they killed the rallies. They weren't able to score that one run to get back into it. They weren't able to have the beginning, yada, yada, yada. And I think that falls a lot on, on the staff as well, not willing to put boundaries on guys in certain situations. And then so those frustrations kept building and building and building and injuries kept piling up and people didn't feel right. They were lying about injuries, yada, yada, yada. So you look at the season as a whole and you get to that point where you have Kevin Cash before the playoffs saying we need to stop playing like shit. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it came right out of the horse's mouth, right? Like they knew where they stood. It was simple as that. Yeah, I, I saw some of the... Uh postseason remarks from Neander and Cash, and there wasn't anything there that gave me hope. said, yes, it's a great team. We're very proud of what we did with them, and there's a lot of things to come. But there's, there was more of a, a apologetic type yeah. of voice. And much as you said, looking for grit, looking for somebody that's going to, to put their entire energy into it. And, you know, I think mm -hmm. of Harold. And if I was thinking if there's one person I, that you said, well, who might have that be? I would say, well, well, Harold. And I, I can't tell you exactly in those two games what he did or didn't do, but I thought he had the most energy and and uh, Peralta as well. Okay, but um, there was no Willie players like they're so. I don't know 
if because Harold had so much success early on, the Rays ended up overvaluing him as the season went along. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to enjoy hitters when they're really hot and, and they're doing really well and to keep them on the team because they are, you know, decent players, but not like Harold, I don't think is an everyday player. And they treated him like that because of the situation they were in and because he had such a strong first half. And I think the same is true of David Peralta. I think it would have been better to keep Josh Lowe up with the Rays because he had a strong July. He would have had more base running, more, you know, more to learn because you knew you weren't going to go and win it all anyway, even with David Peralta, right? So I enjoyed David Peralta. I think he's a, you know, he's a solid player. He has good energy. He's he's one of those guys, like you said, he's he's got a bit of that grit, but it's just underwhelming, I guess. Is the point. <laughs> it, it, it's underwhelming overall. Uh, and I, I have to sit back in, in the, this offseason after they missed out on Freddie Freeman and they had this bitter taste in their mouth from this season and wonder, where do they go? Like, what's next? Because they're angry and they're loaded when it comes to prospects. They have a roster they want to change over. Where do they go next? That's a, it's going to be fun. Well, you gave a list, I think it was today. Have you thought of some people that they should look at? And see, do you have that in front of you, by the way? Take it up. Well, I can just go off the top of my head. Like just okay. the the Dalton Varsho is one of the guys. And, and I'll just say this. Like Dalton Varsho is not going to be easy to get. Um, the, the, the reason I'm targeting him is one, versatility. Two, the D-backs have an extremely deep outfield depth, including some young guys are trying to fit onto the roster. And he's one of their, their older players um, who isn't really, even though he had a great season, he's not really vital to their long-term future, right? So I think he would be attainable because they want to improve their pitching and the Rays have it and they want to improve their middle infield. The Rays have that. I think there's a match when it comes to actually um, getting the two together. So that's one of the first names. And and in terms of the race, the way they could use them is because they have Jose Siri in center field. He could be the left-handed option in center field and then the same, and then help them out still behind the plate, help them out at first base, left field, right field. He would give them a lot of options and give them that other left-handed bat that they can pair with Josh Lowe next year and, uh, and have a solid, you know, core that they can build around for for a few years anyway um i i don't know it's one of those things where i want to dream on somebody like shohei otani because that report just came out from uh from mlbtr but 30 million is a lot and the rays don't really have that piece to send over there to to balance the deal out so instead, I went with guys like Josh Bell, Trey Mancini, Jose Abreu, who I think can solidify and give him that bat at first base that has experience and that probably won't need a long-term deal. And that when the first baseman does show up, like a Cal Manzardo or a Curtis Mead or somebody really wants to grab onto that job, then they can throw whatever player it is into the DH role as well and bounce them back and forth as they need. Um, I also added uh, Austin Slater and D- Adam Duvall um, because I think 
Both of them can handle center field really well. They're both uh, another right-handed bat that if they do trade Randy or Rosarena, which I think is possible, then can slide into that left uh, field role as a right-handed bat as well and, and kind of give him that option. And Jose Azucar is a guy that I think is a perfect fit for the Rays style. I just don't know that now that they have Jose Siri, they necessarily need him. But I threw him out there because he's exactly the type of player they love. I wouldn't be surprised if the Padres uh, and Rays end up making a deal for him. So when the last two I had on my list were Yuri Perez and, and Max Meyer, because if the Rays are going to deal Randy or Rosarena, I think that one of the, key, the, the best places to do it would be with, with the Marlins who need offense like there's nobody's business. So I think that's the fit there. And if it happens, but again, they need their, to meet their price because the Rays aren't just going to give away Randy or Rosarena and they need to replace that offense if they do. So it was one of those that I threw in there. Maybe they go and the Rays are always going to be looking for pitching depth. I know people are going to say, well, we have the pitching staff. Shane McClanahan could be gone in spring training and we don't know, right? Like there's always that fear um, and as somebody like Yuri Perez, for instance, can start off in AAA and then be an available option. You pair him with Taj uh, Bradley, that's that's depth that you can't really <laughs> build anywhere else or find anywhere else. So um, that was the other one. And I threw in a wild card, which I kind of like because the Rays are always looking to add like a Nick Anderson was a good example of a guy, a reliever. Uh, and Hunter Harvey, to me, is one of those guys that really showed he can be a dominant reliever this year. And I don't think it's just because of the team he was playing on. I think he was pitching aggressively, not walking anybody, trusting his stuff, and it worked for him. The Rays would love that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to bring him on board. Yeah, we really miss uh, really miss Nick Anderson. And I think, as mm-hmm. you maybe told me before, or somebody else said, they saw what he was doing in the matters and said it wasn't – uh, it wasn't what they expected to see from him. And yeah. it just, yeah, it was actually somebody I met at the Tampa Baseball Museum. But that's sad because, you know, he's a player you really like to see come together there as a relief pitcher. Um, Pete Fairbanks, oh, my gosh, I thought, my not a blister on your fingers again. My gosh, Pete. You know, he's up here on the mound, a, a guy whose intensity, you talk about intensity and grit. This yeah. – he, he could share a little bit. <laughs> He's got so much. I mean, it oozes out of him on the mound. And it was just so painful to see him where he couldn't pitch, you know, in the postseason. Well, he got on the mound, but he he had that uh, going on with his hands. So uh, hopefully that's going to be well. But we do need somebody else like that. And what you said about Randy Rosarina, yeah. You know, I, I too believe that there's something with Yandi and Randy and – you're going to have to get rid of one of them or both. I don't know. I mean, if they can't get together, if there's going to be some kind of negativity between them, it's just going to spiral out. We don't have a Willie Domus. We don't have a Brett Phillips there who's going to be a cheerleader, you know, holding hands and getting everybody to do the kumbaya. Those, those people are gone. I, closest one to doing that is Peralta right now, I think. And he's a free agent. He's not, he's not with the team anymore. Yeah. Yep. So. There you go. Duh. <laughs> Duh yeah. factor. Thank you. Uh, it, well, then obviously there's room. There's room for a lot of change. And I'm really going to. Jose Abreu can be that guy that bridges people together. Um, and he's Cuban, which they happen to be as well, both of them. So maybe he can bridge the, the you know, make it more amicable. But I think both of them are very uh, 
set in their ways and, and kind of, uh, you know, they, they, they're very good at their jobs. They do work extremely hard and they want to succeed. And when they don't succeed the way that they wish they could. So it could just be a seasons kind of thing. But what I always pay attention to what Mark Tompkins says. It doesn't mean it's going to happen because he brought up KK as a trade piece for five, six, seven, ten years, and it never happened. So, uh, like, even though he's mentioning Randy Rosarena as a, as a potential trade candidate, doesn't mean it's going to happen. But the Rays do talk to Mark to say, "Hey, throw this out there because he might we might be shopping him in a way." <laughs> they don't literally say that, but you know. He gets that sort of information and then it kind of sends the message out to the league that if they want to make offers, by all means, they can. But I think first what you're going to see is a lot of small deals preparing for the Rule 5 draft and then uh, we'll see how it looks after that. But I, I'm sure they're they're going to be so fun to watch. But by December, you're going to have at least one, maybe two big pieces that have come aboard and, and possibly left. So it'll be fun. I like that Shohei Otani deal, man. Go ahead. <laughs> and, I don't know financially, man. I, that's yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> you know, and even when you mentioned Trey Mancini, that would be interesting. And Adam Duvall, after seeing all that he did, you know, with the Braves and and uh, during the, their World Series run, it just it's amazing to watch people like that and say, "Okay, he's going to continue to be good." So mm-hmm. I don't know, brother. I'm I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm ready to go ahead and start next season. I'm ready for 2023 right now. So, you know, it's what, maybe 20 weeks before that we've got the uh, spring training in front of us and we can start talking about that. But I um, take it step by step. I always look at the next, you know, I look at the rule five now and in yeah. the winter leagues, right? Like the Rays are sending five guys to the ABL. Uh, they've got some playing in the winter league in the lead on league and the so I, I look at that. The, yet you just had the AFL where Mason Hour did freaking amazing uh, and and kind of put himself on the map. I think he's going to break into some top hundred lists pretty soon. And uh, he's one of those electric players. The Rays have I listed it the other day where they have thirteen prospects in double digit steals and home runs. All of them are young. All of them are really you know athletic players that are, are going to be fun to see exactly how the Rays work around them. And and three of them are at the upper levels, like Brett Wisely, Oslevis Basabe, and uh, Ronnie Simone, uh, who also played in the uh, AFL. So it's going to be interesting to see. Ronnie Simone is that one guy nobody knows about, and he damn well should based on what he did. Uh, over 20 home runs and over 30 stolen bases. The guy is just, you know, full of... of uh, Full of potential, and, and he plays three, four positions. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's one of those prospects that sneaks up on people when you talk about him, and they're just like, oh, really? He did all that? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it'll be fun. Well, remember, folks, Matt, Matt said it right here. What's Mr. Mm-hmm. Simone, right? So we keep an eye out for him. And yep. uh, looking forward to see that, that happen. Like I said, looking forward to a new year. You're giving us some uh, some hope, brother. I mean, <laughs> and that's what the prospects do, man. It's, oh. That's why they're like the bright ray of light in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what happens with the Rule Five Draft. Maybe we can talk again sometime soon, and and uh, maybe get a little better handle what's coming up for spring training next year. Sounds good, man. Anytime.
All right. We've been talking with Matt Germain and that's Mr. You can find him on Twitter at Matt, M-A-T underscore Germain, G-E-R-M-A-I-N underscore. And that's on Twitter. And Matt, I can't help but thank you again, brother. You're always sharing a lot of good information out there, uh, not just about the Rays, but overall. And I love it how deep you dig and show us what's going on is from the minor leagues, prospects, et cetera. So thank you very much, brother. It's always great having you here on Baseball Biz. Not a problem at all. And enjoy the next series. All right, brother. Okay. Thank you again for joining us here today on Baseball Biz. And we look forward to talking to you all again real soon. And remember, you can find Baseball Biz here. You can also find it on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify. Anywhere there's podcasts, you'll find Baseball Biz. Special thanks to X-Take RUX for the music rocking forward. <laughs>